It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, June 2nd, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Alaska State Troopers on Wednesday recovered the bodies of two of the five victims of last Sunday's charter boat sinking in Sitka. One passenger and the boat's captain have yet to be found. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The victims identified by troopers on Wednesday evening are 53-year-old Danielle Akawili and her sister, 56-year-old Brandy Chaub. Their bodies have been sent to the state medical examiner's office in Anchorage to confirm their identities. The body of Danielle Akawili's husband, 57-year-old Mari Akawili, was recovered on Monday offshore of Low Island, not far from the partially submerged charter fishing vessel in which the group had been traveling. A fourth passenger, 61-year-old Robert Solis, as well as the boat's captain, 32-year-old Morgan Rabadou of Sitka, have not been found despite an extensive search on Monday that covered over 800 square miles. Solis and Tiao were visiting Sitka together from California. The Akawilis were visiting from Waipahu, a community on the island of Oahu. Hawaii News Now carried news of the tragedy back to that state. An outpouring of condolences from the community. Pearl City High School's band director shared the news with parents who wrote the Akawilis were active volunteers and their children Jarek and Jessica had been members of the band. Other members are hosting a meal rotation to help the children. Danielle worked at First Hawaiian Bank. CEO Bob Harrison extended condolences to the family and friends, saying in a statement that she was a beloved member of the First Hawaiian Bank Ohana. Large swell and heavy surf on the shore of Low Island have impaired efforts to salvage the 30-foot aluminum charter vessel. Sitka-based Hanson Maritime is leading recovery efforts. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Wrangell's Museum is auctioning off a few items from its collection, partly due to shifting storage space. As KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, museum staff say they hope that collectors might want to own a piece of Wrangell history that the museum can no longer store. The basement of Wrangell's community gym has lived many lives. A locker room, an art space, a temporary town museum. Nowadays, it's storage for all sorts of Wrangell borough treasures. There's a locked room with the local government's archives. One corner holds a couple of boat motors from the 1940s and 50s. The main room is packed with decommissioned weight and cardio equipment, a baby grand piano, chemicals for the pool, and items from the Wrangell Museum's collection that couldn't fit anywhere else. Parks and Rec director Lucy Moline Robinson is trying to clean up the jumble. This was a space that was essentially a catch-all, and just we were dumping everything that was no longer being used in this space. After being Wrangell's recreation coordinator for five years, Robinson moved into the director position earlier this year. When I first started this project and wanted to really uh, dig into this project, I thought, well, I better call Cindy. Cindy Crary is the director of the Nolan Center, which hosts Wrangell's Museum, in addition to the movie theater, gift shop, and a multi-purpose event space. Because these are things that I don't have, I don't know about, and I certainly don't want to put up for surplus if they should be in a museum somewhere, um, or if there is some sort of system that they need to go through. Over the last month or so, Crary and the museum's collections manager have worked to catalog and make decisions about what items from the old gym's basement the museum can realistically keep. It's really important that we consider who donated the item and just make sure that we've checked and rechecked, you know, 
to make sure that uh, we don't want to get rid of something that is of great value to somebody. She says that decision is multifaceted. Some items are more historically significant. Sometimes there are redundancies and the museum possesses multiples of the same items. Sometimes they have to simply decide which items are more important than others. Tyler Eagle is the collections manager for the Wrangell Museum. You do have to come at things with kind of an objective, almost cynical eye. Uh, You can't get too terribly attached because you do have to make some decisions. Almost 50 items are being auctioned off on the borough's public surplus site, including the two old boat motors, a grocery scale, book presses, murals from the Wrangell Institute, chairs, and a foghorn. Crary says that's not many compared to what the Nolan Center is keeping. We're trying to make room, find some spots in the gallery where things are appropriate, like, for instance, um, there were some lanterns from the that used to be hanging at the Wrangell Institute. And so we decided to retrieve those and we're gonna add them to the gallery in our um, institute section. Eagle, the collections manager, says he hopes local or regional collectors will see the value in taking on pieces of Wrangell history that are up for auction. Ultimately disposing of the object is kind of, you know, complete last resort there. We're looking to we're looking into possibly getting these in the hands of private collectors. Even when the auction ends, Eagle says he hopes to try and rehome items rather than getting rid of them altogether. If these things, you know, don't sell, I think we kind of want to get them into the hands of, you know, real people rather than the uh, rather than the dumpster. Although Wrangell Museum collection items might be leaving the basement of the old gym, it's not without its own history. The building has been central to Wrangell since the early 1950s. Robinson, the Parks and Rec director, says she wants to honor that history as she works to revitalize this space as a more functional community center. I want to dig into the history of of the community center, the old gym, and essentially the high school and the activities that used to go on here. My dream is to dedicate this gym to athletes past, present, and future. The Wrangell Museum is slowly adding items to the borough's public surplus site. Some of the first items are set to close to bidding as early as June 7th. You too could own a Wrangell Foghorn. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. Gathering environmental data is critical for scientists as they work to understand our rapidly changing climate. But to a non-scientist, that data might seem confusing or just plain boring. That's why a team of researchers have introduced a new environmental sensor that translates weather data from across southeast Alaska into music. As KTOO's Anna Canny reports, it will be used to help students and community members in Sitka and Huna hear and hopefully better understand their changing environment. This is the sound of a sunny afternoon. The heat of the day crescendos. And as the sun sets, the air becomes damp. This melody was composed using measurements of temperature and humidity. That kind of data is crucial for scientists who are studying our rapidly changing environment. But usually, they don't put it in a song. They show you wiggles on a graph, uh, but they don't usually go too deep into having the person translate that into meaning. What could weather data mean for a non-scientist? That's the question Chet Udell set out to answer. How do you get those people to empathize with environmental data? Udell designs environmental sensors with his lab at the University of Oregon. He's also a composer. 
the weather chime sensor is a new instrument that combines those interests. It's an environmental sensor that translates weather data into music. Many people already do that in their backyards. That's where Udell found his inspiration. The wind chime is a really interesting translation of uh, unseen environmental phenomenon. It's giving me information that you know could be useful um, if I'm curious about how windy it is outside anyways. And it, it also is aesthetically pleasing. Weather chimes builds on that basic concept. The device is essentially a small plastic box that houses sensors to gather data on things like light, temperature, humidity, and soil moisture. You stick it outside, and it takes measurements all day. Then it uses Wi-Fi to send that data to a computer program, where a person can assign weather phenomenon to different keys, scales, and instruments, like a marimba. So that's the humidity. By listening to those musical translations, you can start to hear weather patterns. Around sunrise, there's a symphony of the world warming up and drying out. And throughout the day, there are melodies and counter-melodies. There's uh, this thing in composition, and Beethoven uses this a lot, Bach uses this a lot, called a contrary motion. Or like when one voice goes in one direction, another voice goes in a different direction. And there's a lot of environmental things that uh, have contrary relationships. Temperature and humidity, for example. The, the temperature peaks up after the light kind of comes on, and uh, humidity drops a good bit after the light, uh, after the sun comes up. So patterns that occur naturally are some of the same patterns that composers like to use when making music. By putting certain things together that are related that way, you can actually take advantage of traditional mechanisms that people have invented to make music sound good. And through making music, weather chimes could also help people to think more deeply and personally about the weather. When there's a particularly rainy period, is that good news or bad news? The hope is that students can ponder questions like that through music. Should I make a happy melody or a sad melody? Uh, should I make something that goes fast or slow? Like, what does this mean to me? Educators at the Sitka Sound Science Center and Sitka High School will use the weather chimes in classrooms and educational workshops over the coming year. And Udell and his lab will work with local partners to install weather chimes for community design projects, including yellow cedar monitoring in Sitka and salmon stream monitoring in Huna. Reporting from Juno, I'm Anna Canny. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Friday, June 2nd, 2023. Today, scattered showers, mostly cloudy with a high near 55. Northeast winds 5 to 10 miles per hour, but coming southeast in the morning. Chance of precipitation is 50%. Tonight, scattered showers, mainly after 4 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 46. Northeast winds around 5 miles per hour, but coming northwest in the evening. Chance of precipitation is 40%. Good morning. Thank you.